Alrighty everyone, welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, bringing you another episode of Monday Madness on May 9th, 2022. Today is Victory Day for many folks in Europe who are celebrating the defeat of Nazi Germany. The world watched and held its breath, hoping that there would be no big news from Russia. So far, the only news I can see is that the Russian ambassador to Poland had red paint thrown on him during a parade to symbolize the blood on his hands, so... I guess that's about as good as news as we could hope for, right? The alternatives are much worse. But regardless, you didn't come here to talk about war and politics outside of the context of energy. That would defeat the purpose of calling this the Rare Petro Podcast. So instead, let's take a look at the biggest statistics and stories within the world of energy. Commodity prices have taken an absolute beating today. Not only that, but crypto and conventional investments as well. It seems that some of the aforementioned red paint tossed on the Russian ambassador has spread to all of the markets. WTI has fallen 6% to $103, which is still a very reasonable price. Rent is down about 5.8% to $106. Natural gas has taken the biggest blow as it falls from over $8 to about $7 flat. That's a 12.7% plummet. I can't really pinpoint exactly what news is causing all of this, so... It's possible that world markets are just trashed right now, and that trickles all the way into commodities. Fortunately, this will likely mean that we can only go up in coming days, but as you know, things could change at the drop of a hat. One good news story could send the price into the stratosphere, or just subterranean. For the sake of your mental health, I advise you to chalk this day up to a loss and probably come back tomorrow. Next is the rig count. While the international and Canadian counts are down, the U.S. is up 7 rigs to a total of 705 rigs. That's right, ladies and gents, back above 700. While still a far cry away from the more than 1,000 rigs from days past, it's steady marching progress in the correct direction. This week, it's the Marcellus who adds on the most rigs at 2. The Granite Wash, Haynesville, and Mississippian each added 1 rig. It was only the Cana Woodford who lost a rig. Surprisingly, state-level data shows that Texas is down a rig, along with Alaska. Otherwise, Louisiana is up four rigs, Oklahoma and Pennsylvania up two, and New Mexico up one. These new wells are equally split between directional and horizontal hole targeting oil. The big shocker this week is that the Gulf of Mexico gained three rigs itself, so that total has now gone from 13 to 16, which is especially surprising, considering that the Gulf's hurricane season typically begins this month. Either way, a beautiful rig count to contrast the rather poor commodity prices and general market sentiments. Our last statistic to visit is the inventory data. Of course, check out www.rarepetro.com for the weekly full Thirsty Thursday experience, but here's what you may have missed if you did not catch that. Inventory reports in recent weeks have been all across the board. The EIA was expecting a drawdown of less than a million barrels, but it turns out that they weren't even close to being right. The reported build is much closer to 1.3 million barrels. Ouch. The API was feeling much gutsier with a predicted drawdown of more than a million barrels. They instead reported a drawdown of 3.5 million. At this point, we see there is little to no recognizable pattern when it comes to the inventory report, especially with two different agencies reporting on the numbers. Build or draw, we see it all. Either way it goes, we are still below the historical five-year average by a few million barrels. I know that Europe has a problem on their hands with quickly increasing commodity prices, 
but let's hope that the facilities and supporting natural gas structures are constructed successfully and are up to safety standards. Gasoline inventories decreased by another 2.2 million barrels for one of the bigger decreases we've seen in recent weeks. Hopefully it begins to level out soon because we are fast approaching historical lows, and that will certainly not have a positive impact on U.S. fuel prices. While we were fortunate enough to see 2 to 6 cent drops week by week over the past month and a half, the trend seems to be reversing. A gallon of regular is now more than 10 cents more expensive than it was just a week ago, but that is not a problem exclusive to gasoline. Commodities of all kinds are going up in price, especially if they're distillates. While U.S. distillate inventories are, in fact, lower, it is a problem that the world is sharing right now. Asia was struggling first, but the problem seems to have spread to everybody. Diesel is becoming as rare as diamonds on the East Coast, and the U.S. government will have a problem on its hands if it cannot find a way to solve this by winter. The most likely culprit for this shortage is a result of the East Coast refining capacity dropping to nearly non-existent levels in this past year. Just because the refineries aren't there doesn't mean that folks aren't going to use refined products. This wraps up our usual statistics, so it's high time we take a peek at some current events. I would love to talk about grid operators bracing for a wave of blackouts in the U.S., but we already touched about that in this week's episode of the Wacky World of Energy that will be released on Wednesday, so keep your eyes peeled for that. One thing we didn't discuss is the lack of potential producers to pick up Russia's slack should sanctions and threats go through. At this point, it's no secret that the U.S. has been making calls to anybody and everybody who produces oil, pleading with them to produce more. While Saudi Arabia is no longer responding to the Biden administration, it does make you wonder, who will step in for Russia to cover some of the 2 million barrels of crude and 1 million barrels of refined product that they are responsible for every day? Sure, lots of it will be blended, sold to other countries like China and India, but still, it is a significant amount of oil that would definitely have an effect on markets if removed. So, who is on our roster of folks who could contribute? First, of course, we have the Saudi Arabia and the UAE. Kind of, they go hand in hand together. They're the two most obvious candidates. They make up a fat portion of OPEC's total production at about 2.5 million barrels a day. If Saudi Arabia isn't interested, could the UAE play ball? If they don't produce a larger quantity of oil, they're really only left with one option. They have plenty of shipments heading from the Arabic Gulf to Asia, and should they choose, they could redirect those shipments to Europe. Unfortunately, this would probably come at the cost of its good relations with buyers in the region, primarily China. So no matter how you break it down, the kings of OPEC will probably not be stepping up to the plate, even if they wanted to. What about Iraq? Some analysts believe that they could pump an extra 660,000 barrels a day on top of their already existing 4.3 million barrels to bring them to a nice healthy round total of 5 million barrels a day. Unfortunately, two significant obstacles stand in their way. The first is political turmoil after a West-friendly candidate was removed from the presidential election. This has pretty much brought all political progress in Baghdad to a screeching halt. Second, Iraq doesn't really have the infrastructure nor the investment required to justify such a large increase in production, leaving them many years out from being able to consider producing more. No point in bringing all that to the table if it's produced at a loss, so we probably won't look at Iraq. We're quickly running out of folks to call on for more production, but what about Libya? Perhaps they can help out. If they are able to sort out the constant interruptions to their oil production. Disgruntled political groups are blocking access to major fields and export terminals 
which has taken some half million barrels right off the table. Between years of inactivity and force majeures of various fields, Libya really needs to first save themselves before they can contribute more to the world. The last candidate to consider is Iran. They are so close to being able to service the shortage of oil, but they are stuck negotiating the terms of a new nuclear deal that will hopefully lift sanctions that the U.S. holds over oil. Analysts believe that Iran could contribute an additional 1 million barrels per day with no U.S. sanctions, which would do wonders for the potential Russian shortage. Still, I wouldn't really hold my breath because this has been a point of contention between the U.S. and Iran for years. I don't anticipate any magical resolutions presenting themselves soon. So, we've looked at some of the most prolific oil producers in the world and learned that they too have their own problems that prevent them from turning on the taps, as the headlines say. Who else can service this shortage? Well, why not the good old US of A, a nation of private and public companies doing their best to produce some of the most environmentally friendly oil in the world and at an easy profit considering the high commodity prices. We are equally as close as some of the other contenders, and the only thing standing in the way of achieving this dream is a government full of folks who have bought into the biggest and most economically impactful lie of our time. Oil is bad. If we are somehow able to overcome this stigma, the U.S. would realize that it could really benefit from a bad situation. We could work to produce energy, infrastructure, and terminals for the transportation of hydrocarbons to those who truly need it, especially those in Europe. If we don't do it, I'm sure somebody else eventually will. It would just be an absolute shame to see an opportunity like this slip through the cracks. Ultimately, the U.S. is in a very unique position when compared to a lot of these other countries. I hope our current leaders are able to wisen up to the madness, but we're just going to have to be patient and see how it all plays out. Either way, you and I as energy professionals will likely benefit from whatever happens. Oil is a practical commodity that the world not only demands, but takes for granted. Make sure to stay up to date on all things industry related by fracking that follow button. We release content almost every weekday, so keep an eye out for us on LinkedIn and on our website at www.rarepetro.com. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, and until we see you next time, take care, everybody.